Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. The Bible reading is from Haggai chapter 1 and verses 1 to 15. A call to build the house of the Lord. In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, the time has not yet come for the Lord's house to be built. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your panelled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages, only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build the house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honoured, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with his own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew, and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, and whatever the ground produces, on men and cattle, and on the labor of your hands. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai, because the Lord their God had sent him, and the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and began work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month in the second year of King Darius. Pressures, demands, and expectations pushing from all sides and assault our diaries. Do this, be there, call them, finish that. It seems as though everybody wants something from us, and soon we feel as though we've got nothing left to give as we run out of time and energy. And so often it feels as though we are just rushing through life, dealing with the necessary, the urgent, the immediate, while all too often the very important gets left behind in the dust. Our problem is not the volume of demands or our lack of scheduling skills. 
about our problem or our values. What's really important to us? What are our priorities? You see, our priorities and our values are revealed in the way we use our resources, our time, our money, our expertise and talents. And so often our actions belie what we say. We say, God, you are number one in our life. You come first, but then we relegate God to a lower number on our to-do list. 2,500 years ago, a voice was heard calling people back to right priorities. And we read in Haggai chapter 1 and verse 1, In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedach, the high priest. Now, in order to to understand this prophecy, we need to understand something of the background and the context. You will remember how Israel was chosen by God to be the nation that he was going to use to work out his plans of salvation. And so God made a covenant, an agreement with Israel. If Israel was to obey God and follow God's ways, then God was going to bless Israel, and Israel would become a light, an example to all the other nations. However, if Israel was to turn her back on God and do things her own way rather than God's way, then God was going to curse Israel. And Israel had a pretty bumpy ride with God, a bit of a bumpy relationship. She had a good day, she had a bad days, but generally she tried to follow God as best as she could. And, and that the height, the height of Israel's relationship with God was during the time of King David and, and his son, King Solomon around about 1000 B.C. At this time, God was clearly blessing Israel. She had a very strong military. She had a very strong economy. And her borders were the biggest they've ever been. And it was during this time that Solomon, the son of David, King Solomon decided to build a house, a temple for God to live in. You see, up until this point, the Ark of the Covenant which symbolized the very presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant used to live in a tent, a big tent called the tabernacle or a tent of meeting, because this was the place where the Israelites would meet with God, come into the very presence of God. But now Solomon decided to get rid of the tent and to build God a house, build God a massive temple. About 400 years later, the Israelites had turned their back on God. They decided to do things their own way rather than God's way. And as a result, God cursed them. He punished them. He sent them in to exile. And it was in the year 587 B.C. that the Babylonians invaded and completely destroyed Jerusalem, and the temple lay in ruins. For the first time since Moses built the tabernacle, the people of God had no place to go to worship God. And the Babylonians led the Jews, the people from Judah, the people from Jerusalem, he led the Jews into captivity 
all the way to ancient Babylon, which was thousands of miles away in modern-day Iraq. But then about 50 years later, in the year 538 B.C., the whole international scene suddenly changed as Persia became the new superpower of the day. And Cyrus, the king of Persia, issued a new decree that allowed all the captives to go back home to their own land and to become a self-governed vassal state under the Persian Empire. And so... Under the, the leadership of Zerubbabel, the governor, and Joshua, the high priest, about 50,000 Jews returned from Babylon and returned to Jerusalem. And the first thing they did was to rebuild the altar on the very foundations of the old temple, on the ruins, so that they could make sacrifices and worship God. And then they began to rebuild the temple. And they laid the foundations of what would later be called the second temple. And although they started with very good attitudes, they soon slipped into bad behavior. They lost their purpose. They forgot their priorities. And apathy brought the work to a standstill for 15 years. Then 15 years later, when Darius was now the king, the new king of Persia, the word of God came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel the governor and Joshua the high priest and indirectly to all the Jews who had returned from captivity. And we read in verse 2, this is what the Lord Almighty says, These people say, now, the sure fact that God calls them these people rather than my people is a rebuke in itself. These people say, the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. You see, they were saying that the time wasn't right to rebuild the temple. We're not exactly sure what they meant by that. Maybe they were waiting for more political stability or more economic stability. But in response, Haggai, or indeed any thoughtful Christian, would have to reply and say, the time is very rarely just right to do the work of God. You see, if you are going to be waiting until the time is just right before you do something for God, then you will never do anything for God. To claim that the time is not right is just an excuse to do nothing. And so God responds by asking this rhetorical question. He says, is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? The implied answer, of course, is no. No. You see, isn't it funny that, that they could say, well, the time's not right to build God's house, but the time was just fine to build their own paneled houses. And the phrase paneled house implies luxury and comfort. These weren't ordinary houses. These were paneled houses. 
And the phrase panel house also implies that this house was complete. It was finished in contrast to the temple which lay in ruins. Now the temple was the place where they would go to meet with God and to come into the presence of God. And so the temple was a symbol of the presence of God dwelling amongst them, living with them. The fact that they were more concerned about building their own luxury houses than they were about the temple revealed their attitude. They didn't care whether... God lived with them or not. Their, their actions were revealing their priorities. They were more concerned about their comfort than they were about their relationship with God. And so God says in verse 5, Give careful thought to your ways. Consider your ways. And then in verse 6, you have planted much but harvested little. You eat but never have enough. You drink but never have your fill. You put on clothes but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Now this is not suggesting that they were lacking food and drink and clothes and money. They weren't lacking these things. I mean, after all, they were living in paneled houses in luxury. What it's suggesting is that these things were failing to satisfy them. They were still thirsty and hungry for more. Why? We read in verse 9, God says, You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty. This is the question, why? Here comes the answer. Because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. The reason why these things weren't satisfying them was because they had incorrect priorities. Because they were more concerned about their own comfort and their own luxury than they were about their relationship with God. Because they were so busy on their own luxury houses, they had no time for God. Because of this, all these other things were failing to satisfy them. They had dissatisfaction, and they didn't even know why. You see, if your priority in life is to get to the top of the career ladder, it will never satisfy you. If your priority is to make a lot of money, it will never satisfy you. If your priority is to have the nicest house and all these comforts and all these gadgets, that will never satisfy you. You would always be left wanting more and more and more. It's only... When God comes first in your life, that all these other things will begin to satisfy you. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to get more and you're going to have more money and have more stuff. No. You're still going to have the same stuff, but when God comes first in your life, then all the things you have and all the things you're doing in life will start to satisfy you. 
Some people will admit, you know, I, I feel less satisfied. I don't feel satisfied. I'm working harder, I'm working longer, but I, I'm getting further and further behind in the bills. Maybe God's trying to get your attention. You see, if we're not going to listen to God calling us back to Him when we're reading the Bible, then God's going to start speaking to us at the checkout counter. God's going to start shouting out to us through the dissatisfaction that we experience with our work and our life achievements. It's only when we put, give God the priority in our life and God comes first that all these things will start to satisfy us. So let's consider our ways. Also take note that it says that they were too busy for God. They were too busy with their own houses. They had no time for God. Are you too busy for God? If you're too busy for God, then you are too busy. We need to be listening to God. If you want to grow in your relationship with God, if you want to be more fruitful in your walk with God, if you want to be more fruitful in your life, then we need to spend time with God. We need to listen to God. We need to be speaking to God. We need to get our priorities right. So let's consider our ways. But then we read in verse 12. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatil, uh, Joshua, son of Josedak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. Don't you wish you would read that more often or hear that more often? That people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. And they began to build the temple. We read in, in, in verse 8 what they actually did. They were told to go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build a house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. And right at the end we read in verses 14 and 15. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Josedach, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and they began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month. Now, we are not called to build a physical temple for God, right? <laughs> in, in the, the Bible says in Acts chapter 17 in verse 24 that God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 16 says that we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them and I will be their God and they will be my people. So we're not going to be building a big physical temple for we are the temple of God and God now lives in us by the Holy Spirit. So while we're not called to build a physical temple for God, we can still build a God's house figuratively. And the way we do that is by pleasing and honoring God. 
with our life. And the way we do that is by listening to God. Making time to spend time with God and, and listening to Him. Not, not just rushing off with our own plans, doing things our own way, but listening to God. And then, of course, obeying God. Doing more God, being more God and less of us. Being more sacrificial like Jesus. Loving the other. Putting others first. Which is ultimately about having right priorities in our life. By letting God decide what is really important in life. By seeing things from God's perspective. From the perspective of eternity. And then when we do that, when God comes first, when God has priority in our life, then everything else will start to fall into place. That doesn't mean we're going to get more stuff and get more money, but it means we'll feel a greater satisfaction with what we've got and what we're doing. So let's consider our ways. Are we living in paneled houses while God's house is in ruins. Are we too busy for God? Do we listen to God or do we just go ahead with our own plan? Are we more concerned about our comfort than our relationship with God? Let's reflect on these questions as we come into a time of prayer. Let's just spend a time reflecting around these questions. Heavenly Father, we, we confess that so often we slip into being more concerned about our comfort than our relationship with you. We don't even realize that we're doing it, but we slowly start giving all our priority to, to our luxury and our comforts. Father, won't you forgive us? Won't you help us? Just as you stirred the spirit of Zerubbabel and Joshua and you stirred the spirit of that whole remnant, won't you stir our spirits to be more concerned about our relationship with you? Help us to, to listen to you and to hear what you are saying and to gain your perspective on life, to gain a perspective from eternity that we would put you at the front of every decision we make and everything we do, that everything we do would be done in a way of just bringing glory to you. Forgive us when we fail to do this. Forgive us for our selfishness. Forgive us for when we haven't been selfless. And so, Father, we pray that you would pour your Spirit in us and enable us to release us from selfishness to be truly focused on you and on loving and serving others. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.